Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I'm back with another amazing story about New York City. But it is still summer in New York. There's still plenty of time to get out there and have a lot of fun. So this week's Rachel's Rex is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to focus on any bars or restaurants, even though we love them. Still go out there and support them. This week, I'm going to focus on a bunch of free events that are happening in New York because, yes, they are all free. I know a lot of times we get caught up thinking that New York is so expensive, and it is, but we do have a lot of great free stuff to do in the city that sometimes gets overlooked. So let's focus on that. Number one, I mean this sincerely, my absolute favorite event of the year, Summer Streets, is back, folks, okay? They closed down Park Avenue to cars from all the way to Brooklyn Bridge to this year they're going to Harlem. It's going so far. It is so wonderful. It is for the people of New York. It is for pedestrians. It is for bike riders. It's for you if you want to go walk your dog in the middle of the street. And why aren't we always able to do that? Sorry, don't come at me if you're a car owner, but it's how I feel. I like to ride along it on my bike. I like to stop and get a drink. Maybe you want to stop and get a coffee. They also have a bunch of stops along the way that has free art, free music, aerobics classes, all sorts of stuff, whatever it is. Pick your poison. I love Summer Streets is going on for the next three weeks. I will be at all of them. I'll even be at the one on my birthday. That's how much I really love it. You know, I'm telling the truth. Please go out and enjoy Summer Streets. It's so special that we get this in the summer. Number two. Socrates Sculpture Park in Astoria. Okay, it's on a Vernon Boulevard and you've probably been there before. But when is the last time you've gone? It's so wide open. There's questionable somewhat fresh air, but let's just call it fresh air. And there's a beautiful view of our skyline. You can sit down and read a book. You can sit down and enjoy yourself in mostly peace and quiet. It's such a great place to go. And I don't think people utilize it enough. And outside of all of that, they have two great exhibitions going on right now. They also have all of these free events. I couldn't name them all, but there's yoga, there's meditation, there's a farmer's market, there's movies, there's everything you could want to do. So go rediscover Socrates Sculpture Park. It's a great place. Last but not least, this ties in perfectly to my guest because it is my guest. Mr. Sammy Buttons will be performing on August 13th from 12 to 2, part of the Pershing Square Sounds performances. It's right at Park and 42nd Street. You're looking right at Grand Central Terminal. There's a great view. There's live free music. And if you listen to this interview today and you love him, if you love everything about him, if you hear what, if you want to hear what his music is all about, this is a great way to go do it. I mean, I don't know, go into a bodega, grab a beer, listen to some music during the middle of the day sounds perfect to me so I hope you go out and you enjoy all of these let's not forget there is a lot of stuff for the people of New York there's still a lot of great shit for us to do as I always say Okay, on to my guest. I am so excited to have him. We finally got one, guys. He is a New York City street musician. He is excellent. He plays the piano. You can catch him all over the city. And did you know, in a previous life, he was also a New York City bike messenger. Stories for days. On top of all of that, he's been featured on the Rachel Ray Show. He's also been in the New York Times. How do I get these people? I'm not really sure. Please welcome to the show, Sammy Pritchard, a.k.a. Sammy Buttons. Wow. Hello, Rachel. How are you? <laughs> I am great. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I mean, like I was saying, featured in all of these incredible places, well-deserved, excellent musician, a master on the piano. I just feel so lucky to have you. And on top of all of that, you know, you love New York. So thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I was watching some of the videos of music you're doing recently, and you're just so soulful and funky and eclectic. And like the music is so wonderful. And I'm just wondering how you got started being a musician. 
That's a good question. That's a real good question. <laughs> my great grandfather played piano. My grandfather played piano. And according to my father, I'd never banged on a piano. And he came home and I was playing to one of his Miles Davis records. And uh, he said, now it's time for you to take lessons because you got that family gene. And I've been playing since I was five years old. And I'm an old ass man. I'm 60 years old. <laughs> 60 is not old, but you have been playing for a very long time. But that's interesting to know that it was a family thing and it was totally in your genes and, and that's how it came about. Yeah, it's definitely a gene thing. And as we were saying, previous life, you were a bike courier in New York and then you decided to kind of give that all up. Actually, I just wasn't a biker. I mean, I rode with my guys at match. I had 30, 33, 34 employees. Wow. And I still rode with my guys. And then you got out of the courier business because of COVID? Yeah. Um, the city shut down on March 20th. And, you know, I'm like, what, what am I going to do? So my girlfriend said in the middle of April, why don't you go out in the street and play? So I went out and played, made a few dollars. Then I was like, oh, this is fun. Made a few more dollars the next day. Then my business acumen kicked in. What if I go out there and look at like a job and play for seven hours? How much money would I come home with? Fuck, I came home with $600 that day. I'm like, God damn, I can do this every day. <laughs> It's such a nice way to think about it where it was such a shithole and it did suck for so long. But to have like one good thing that came out of it, like that's great that that's how it turned for you. Right. I mean, I, I look at friends of mine now that are retiring. I ask them, what are you going to do for your next phase of your life? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just going to travel. I'm going to travel and read a book. That sounds pretty fucking miserable. That means you're waiting to die. That's a good point. I'm not, I'm not trying to check out anytime soon. I really hope you don't. I kind of want to get to my... First question, because this plays in a bit of what we're saying. My first question is always, when did you move to New York? Okay, here's my story. I was born in New York. Oh, great. Perfect. I'm from Harlem. I am Harlem. <laughs> my father was very successful. He owned dry cleaners up in Westchester. Oh, okay. So about the third grade was when I moved from Harlem to Westchester. First black family in an all-white neighborhood. Picture that shit in the late 60s, early 70s. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, this is some culture shock shit. You know, yeah. then I, I, you know, I excelled in basketball, then I went off to college and then I never went back to Westchester. So <laughs> I guess as an adult, I lived in New York City all my life. Went to college at 17 and came home at 20, 21, 22 and never lived anyplace else but New York. I tried California. I tried it. Nope. Wasn't for you. I'm too New York for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I find that with a lot of kids who were raised in New York or people that are from New York for a very long time, they have a hard time ever leaving and staying somewhere else. They often come back. Right. So it's interesting to hear that that happened for right. you. I think it's hard to leave New York having like grown up with it in your bones and like the way the city moves and the pace and everything that's happening. I think it's really hard to leave that. Right. It's, 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 the, it's the energy. Yes. I mean, it's the, it's the energy. For sure. And I, I can't even explain the energy. You know, it's, it's home. So that sort of answers also the question of why did you move to New York? Like you were, you were born here, you, your family moved away for a little bit, but also you just felt that need even after college. You're like, I have to be here. This is a place for me. And that's sort of the answer, the energy. There's nowhere else. There's nothing else. When you came back after college, were you living in a bunch of different neighborhoods? Did you always stay in Harlem? Did you bounce about? Or what, what have you done? Well, this is going to make you laugh. Okay. A Harlem guy will definitely do the Bronx, but we're not doing Brooklyn. No way. I don't do Brooklyn. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do Brooklyn. I'm not doing Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Just the energy in Brooklyn just ill, ill, ill. <laughs> so I, I, 
I'm sorry. No, I love this. I love this because so many people fawn so hard over Brooklyn these days and are so enamored with it. So I actually love really hearing someone being like, nah, not for me. I think that's great. You don't have to love every single borough. <laughs> Clint Eastwood said it best. A man got to know his limitations. <laughs> I don't do Brooklyn because I know my limitations. That's it. <laughs> Okay. What about Queens? Will you do Queens? Hell no. <laughs> you ever been in Queens? Yes, I have been to Queens. You don't want to go to Queens. The addresses in Queens are fucked up. <laughs> You're crying. This up. is a true story. 101-18, 79th Road, 79th Street, 79th Place, 79th Avenue, 79th Drive, 79th Lane, 79th Court. They got all these fucking streets with the same shit and, and an address with a dash in them. Don't go to Queens. No, no, don't, don't do Queens. Uh, you're making me laugh so hard. People in Queens don't do Queens. They don't know how to get out of Queens. <laughs> no, you're definitely right about the streets. I feel like that is a big problem that most people have with the streets in Queens. A lot of people get very upset about why there's so many different lane, roads, streets, all of these things. So right. you're 100% right about that. Yeah, we don't do that. You've got to learn to form an opinion. That's clearly the problem that we have. I like that you know who you are. You're like, I'm Manhattan. I'm the Bronx. I don't need to go anywhere else. And that's beautiful. I love that. Hell no. Well, you're in a man with an opinion. You're a talented man. You are a born and raised New Yorker. I love all of these things about you. And I can just tell you have you. I'm ready for this. So I have to ask you my most important question of the show. What is the most fun you've ever had in New York? Oh, I can't tell you that shit. That's X-rated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't know nothing about this, but I'm going to tell you. We used to leave the house at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. 1.32 o'clock in the morning. That's when we're going out. We're leaving at one o'clock in the morning. To go out for the night. Yeah. And there's a phrase in New York, you know, you come in at seven o'clock in the morning, the sun's up, you broke night. The phrase is called, I broke night. You broke night. Really? Where were you? I was hanging out. This spot, this spot. Broke night means we broke the night till it became day. I love that. That's a real New York phrase. I have broke a few nights. I didn't know that was the phrase, but I have broke a few nights. So I'm good to know that now. So we left the club one night. Actually, we got thrown out of a club. Okay. Like physically thrown out of the club. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little guy. I'm, I'm five foot 10 and maybe 175, 180 pounds. So I'm a little guy. I got Napoleon complex because I play basketball, but I think I'm all that, you know. So <laughs> the guys told us we had to leave the club and uh, I'm fighting with the big guys in the club and they tossed us out in the snow. So we're, we're younger. So we're laughing, getting, fuck you, fuck you, man, fuck you, all that bullshit. <laughs> And a car, a car is coming by. This is what kids do. Mm -hmm. This is what you do when you're young and stupid. <laughs> and the car came by. We hit the roof of the car. Hey, man, what are you doing? That, that, that laugh together. God got out of the car and stopped and started shooting at us. <laughs> oh, my God. This is on 58th and 6th Avenue before we got to the Plaza Hotel. Wait, wait, wait. What year is this? What year are we talking? We're going back to maybe like 80 in the 80s, like 87, maybe 86, maybe. Okay, so 58th and 6th was a bit different then. No, it wasn't. 58th and 6th was always 58th and 6th. But you see, when the guy got out of the car, he had a big cigar in his mouth and a Sergio Tacchini velvet sweatsuit. And he had to drive in a Cadillac. So we knew he was mafia. That was some mafia shit. Oh, my right? God. There used to be a mafia social club going towards Lexington. Big ass white dude with a cigar and a sweatsuit. What is he? Shooting us in the street. <laughs> you know, so we're running down the street. And my stupid friend 
he's running straight. And I'm like, dude, what is, and we're hearing the bullets go by. Shoom. Oh my gosh. And we're doing, we're, I, of course we're drunk, so it's funny as fuck. So we had to make a right turn because bullets don't curve, don't turn. So I grabbed him. He said, what are you doing? I said, my man, you're about to get shot. The guy is driving this way, shooting at the car while he's driving. You got to make the turn eventually. He said, oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> then he tried to kiss me on my forehead and tell me I saved his life. I didn't save his life, stupid. I just did what's logical. So that, that was a pretty funny story. I think you did save his life. Wow. You're bringing us to a new level of, even though it sounds like that was crazy and wild and questionably fun, you're bringing us to a new level of like your life being threatened. What did you go after that? After that happened, were you like freaking out? Or I guess when you're young and you're just kind of laughing about everything, you're like, that's hilarious. Let's go somewhere else. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly what we did. We went in front of nine West 57th Street and sat down saw a homeless guy and went to a liquor store and we drank some liquor with this homeless guy in front of nine West 57th Street. That's how vivid it is. You have like a near death situation. You're going to remember the details. So you guys wouldn't just sat outside and drank with him. That's so. But we didn't think it was a near death experience. We didn't think about that shit. This is like New York. I mean, New York at one time was a real gritty, grimy. Anything can happen in New York. Anything can happen. Yeah. So we never thought it was a near-death experience. But I learned that day, never be an asshole to someone's car. No, because you don't know who's driving that car. That is definitely a lesson that I think about frequently for myself. Yeah. It's not, I don't react, but maybe when I was younger or perhaps times I want to, you never know what's on the other side of it. So just like keep your head down. Right. Don't get a big ego about it. You never know what can happen. Right. And this is a perfect example for everyone who's listening. If you live in New York or you're visiting New York, don't bang on someone's car. Don't bang on someone's car because you you don't know. You don't know who that guy is. Wow. Can't believe I'm talking about this shit today. I mean, if you're if you're telling, we're listening because I love hearing stories like that. I mean, they don't always have to be fun in like a cutesy way. They don't always have to be fun. And like, you know, we went out and we partied all night. I mean, I love this idea of this story. Like it sticks out to you. It's a memory for you. You were with your friends. Oh, absolutely. And while it is in some ways, it's a little scary. But in other ways, you know, you you'll remember that for the rest of your life. And I love that you so vividly remember sitting outside of that building, drinking with your friends for however long and just thinking like this is how we're going to close it out how about this we broke night with the homeless guy Uh, (laughs) i love that would you guys become friends with him no not at all never saw that motherfucker again never saw him again (laughs) that's what makes it a true new york night i always went by the hope to see that guy but never saw him again oh you know i mean that's an amazing story okay well knowing that you have a very long history in New York. You've, I mean, so many stories, so many different lives live, so many tales, so many things you can teach us, but we know that you are a true New Yorker. I have to ask you the final question of the show and let's, I'm interested to see what you have to say about this one. What is your favorite thing about New York? <laughs> the women, the <laughs> women. <laughs> the fuck kind of question is that? I mean, what the fuck, yo? I'm kidding me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, really, just the energy. No, that could be your answer. That could be okay. The answer can be the women, but the energy. I understand. No, the energy. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> no, really, I, I, I would say just the just the energy. How New York has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was younger, if you if one of your friends found out that you took your girlfriend down to Times Square, 
40 years later, they'll still be laughing at you because that's the place you did not take your girlfriend <laughs> because it was just peep shows. And everybody would come out fighting karate. We know all the moves after we saw the karate movie. So we're just fighting in the street, all playful. You know, there was no gun violence back then. Oh, interesting. And now New York is, is especially Times Square, it's just a tourist place. Yes, it does look beautiful. But every major city around the world has a seedy section of town. There's no more seedy section in New York anymore. And that gives New York character. There might be some seedy areas still left if we go to the right places. Well, there is one. There's one. There's one. There is one I know for a fact that CD is all hell. And you know what that is? Brooklyn. That's <laughs> a, Brooklyn. All of, uh, all of Brooklyn is CD to me. All of it. I don't care. That's the best closeout to the show ever. A full, you've totally brought it back. That's the, that's the perfect. I love that so much. A man with many opinions, a man with many lives. Sammy Buttons, you can find him with the Sammy Buttons experience. You can find him performing throughout the city. You can find him on his Instagram, the Sammy Buttons experience. I will be putting it on my Instagram so you can find him. Go support him. Go find his music. He is a real New Yorker and he loves it here. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so lucky to have had you and all of your great wisdom and wit and stories about New York City. Uh, Rachel, Rachel, thank you. This has been a pleasure. Everyone be happy and by making yourself happy you don't want to even realize but you make others happy as well and what can be more fulfilling than making other people happy wow yeah we can do it again i mean hell what the fuck <laughs> i'd love to do it again because i got stories stories for days well thank you so much for being on and of course as always thanks new york they had fun Peace. <laughs>